1: for you today. I'm super excited. Um, We have an action packed show. So I just say, let's get to some news you can use. Hello it's time for Drew's News, your ice cold good news slushy without that painful <laughs> brain freeze. Oh, yeah. And with me at the desk is my little slush puppy, Rosie Ross Matthews! Yeah. Hi, hi, hi. <laughs> hi <everybody>. hi. <laughs> Well, first up in the headlines, we really gravitated towards this because the friends Ross and Rachel debate that will never die. Mm-hmm. What does it exactly mean when you're on a break. Mm. Well, according to Bustle, it means whatever you want it to. But both partners gotta be on the same page. A break doesn't necessarily mean a break up. Therapists say that you have to do this right. Both people have to want whatever they choose 100%. And you gotta set crystal clear parameters. Are we dating other people? Are we canoodling first, second, third base, the whole enchilada, aruga. (laughs) And finally, (laughs) you gotta set a concrete date for coming back together and hashing out what needs to change.
2: Ross. What? Thought. I I don't like this at all. I think if you're, newsflash, if you're on a break, you're single. Because the whole point of being in a relationship is learning from each other, working through things. If you're gonna tap out when times get tough, you're not ready for a relationship, bottom line. Bottom line. I never liked on a break. On a break. You don't take a break. I just move on. If you're taking a break, just move on. That's not gonna work out. Sorry, Uncle Ross just broke the news to you. (laughs) Sorry. Um, hey, yeah? Ross of a different kind. What do you mean? Of the Ross and Rachel, Never Understood, okay. On. Hey, um, <laughs> moving on, we've got a whole, a new kind of steak in food news. This is weird. Nom, 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 <laughs> <laughs> okay, Food & Wine reports the internet debut of, get this you guys, the dishwasher steak. That is a steak that is prepared in your dishwasher. Yeah, I know, but it's taking the internet by storm. Take a look at
0: this. No soap, no dishes, just the steak. One hour, 45 minutes. And we're going. Oh my God. And we have a sous vide steak.
2: Why, why, why when there are so many other options right there in the kitchen that get hot, can cook a steak.
1: (laughs) This is what makes me realize that when we all thought we were like, Laymen in the kitchen cooking our lean cuisine that we were just sous vide the whole time.
2: The whole time. So, sous vide is what? You put it in plastic and it sort of sucks, it, like, fat. it's a vacu seal.
1: It's usually a vacu seal and then it's like it's cooked in hot water, right? Or is it steamed? It's steamed something. Hot water, right. Again, lean cuisine. Hello, people. We've been fancy all along. Well, okay. Here, we have one. These, these were cooked. <laughs> In our dishwasher. Also, um, they are seared afterwards. So apparently, the hot water sous vide process tenderizes and gets this perfect cook on it, which I have to say up front, I feel a little guilty. One steak, an hour and 45 minutes of hot water, not the most efficient. Okay, that's true. So so
2: you have a real beef with this? I do.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I do, Rossi. I do. But then you sear it, and I gotta say, this looks pretty good. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Okay.
2: I don't wanna like this. I don't wanna like it either, but it's so good. It's about the texture too, which is that whole souvet thing, and the, um, the dishwasher, what? Man, I'm, I'm never gonna do this, but I am gonna eat this. Yeah, and it's not carbs. And it's not, for the first time here at the desk, she's not force-feeding me carbs. Actual protein, thank you, Drew. I
1: know, I'm sorry, I'm always
2: force-feeding you carbs. Why
1: is it so I'm good? like a little bird that comes in your, like, in your nest and is constantly, like, shoving carbs down your throat.
2: I got croissants today. I know.
1: I mean, yeah. I, I do. Know. All right, well, moving on, apparently, <clears throat> Um, The early 2000s count as ancient history. (laughs) Mashable, this gets me extra valley girl. (laughs) Mashable reports that young people are falling back in love with the old relic called the flip phone. Oh. Aww, Vinyl remember? sales are up. Yeah. Next thing you know we're going to be like hawking 8 tracks. <laughs> the latest in something called vintage tech nostalgia where young people dig up your old favorites and they act like they're brand new. So they're buying old Motorola razors, old Samsung flip phones oh, razor. and hooking them up and using them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Rossi, did you ever
2: have like- I had this exact pink razor. Do you guys remember this one? I feel
1: like this is my old one. I never had one of these either. You didn't, what did you have? Well, the truth of the matter is, is I avoided cell phones for many years. Why? I wasn't ready for them. And I had a Blackberry. Oh. Um, and I liked the typing. I liked the keypad. This was like, I want to say hello and have to press 59 buttons. Yes. No. How about was... just type? I'm a typer, I'm a writer. So I love the Blackberry.
2: This was the most miserable thing to text on. But the thing I loved about a flip phone was this moment, right? When you were like, well, Tiffany, I never liked you. And then mm, slap it down. <laughs> 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 Do you think, if they, if they started like
1: remaking these, would you ever consider it? Well, the thing that's coming out of it that's a benefit is that people aren't like constantly on the internet. Oh yeah. And this is a lo-fi way to cut down on your screen time.
2: Huh. Try to get an Uber on this and then call me, all right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> or don't call me because, all right. Thank you. Next, it's time for us to review whatever you want us to in Drew's Reviews. Is it, oh my God! I forgot about this. I feel like I have steak
2: in my teeth. I know. I kind of keep. I, I can't stop thinking about the steak, though. I know, I and know. I like. Uh-huh. Okay,
1: okay. Today, it's an invention called the headache hat, submitted by Barbara Connolly. <laughs> okay, wait. I, I just. It's.
2: I just wanted to say what's in here is like frozen tubes of like um. I, I don't know. I don't know. But it's frozen and it's cold and I am lit up. Let me tell you that. <laughs> Whoa. Well, that'll wake you up. It is literally giving me brain freeze right now. It's like.
1: Well, so apparently, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. okay, so you store this in the freezer and it's got a cooling gel and a snug fit that's supposed to give you some headache relief. Does this feel good to you right now? It hurts so bad. So bad. It, it, it's <laughs> so because bad. I don't have a headache right now, It. it's, yeah. But I'm gonna save it for the next time I do. Rossi, do you wanna rate it with stars? How many? I can't of- even think right now. <laughs> Right. Yeah, um, I think, well,
2: I can see how this would help if you were in se- severe pain and needed to numb your head so you can't feel anything. If this helps, it's a five star out of five for me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, right? I
1: will say that um, whenever I get really stressed out in life, um, I get really bad, like crippling migraines. Mm-hmm. At one point I was sleeping with a night guard and a neck guard. I mean, it was like so sexy, huh. by the way. I was like, <laughs> you I got at all." And, oh my card. and call it a day. We'll be right back.
0: <laughs> this episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move
1: Drew's News, today we are flipping the script and having you ask us any questions that you want. So, who's ready for some Q and A, or we like to call it, drew A! With Bob. All right, let's get started. First up is Vicky. Where's Vicky? Hi, Vicky. Hi, Hi Drew. Hi, Hi, us. Vicky. I love that you stand up. I, it's so like, <laughs> like scholastic. It's like show Thank and you. tell,
3: right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Vicki, what is your question? So I have a four year old. Uh, he loves to draw. Markers, crayons, paint. Anytime he sees something that he can draw with, he starts drawing. So, got a couple of his drawings here. Um, he's so proud when he draws them. He, so- he gives them to me and he says, mom, look, isn't, it, isn't don't you love it? I have no idea what these are. <laughs> I don't even know what to say Mm -hmm. because I couldn't even tell you what he was thinking. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Can you help me figure this out? Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. um...
1: (laughs) I'm getting potato people. that are actually like walking in the snow or some type of trail. Mm-hmm. And like those two are hanging back and the other two have made it forward or. Oh yeah. Um,
2: I was getting a, like a solar system at first. Oh, you know oh, what I mean? Look celestial. at
1: Celestial. The... Yeah,
2: it's like the, yeah, the. Go to the
1: next one. The next one. All right. I mean, I see an airplane.
2: Okay, I see the, the inside of a refrigerator, like. <laughs> The ingredients, you know what I mean? Like, that's what, this is
1: like a weird Warshak test, isn't it? It is, by the way. Uh Also, uh, you're an attorney? I am. Well, you know, you just need to negotiate uh, (laughs) here in this situation. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe ask him some questions about what's in his mind when he's drawing them. Okay.
2: Yeah. Or buy him a book about Jackson Pollock, right? That's a great idea,
4: okay. Thank Mm -hmm. you.
2: Great, and you may have the next big artist. You might have Van Gogh in your family. Thanks, Vicky. All right, Victoria. Victoria,
5: you're next. What's your question?
2: Oh, hi. (laughs) Hi, Victoria. Cute,
5: Jack. Yeah, sure, hit it. Um, So, to make it brief, I need help asking for a raise Mm. from Mm -hmm. my boss. Uh Uh-huh. Yes, so I've been working with uh, Sete Pane Bakery and restaurant, so a restaurant and bakery, Harlem, Brooklyn, uh, for a while now. Um, I'm basically like family. I mean, I've known the family for a really long time. Um, actually, the daughter and I were in choir together. Um, and so, yeah, I started working in the restaurant and then now I kind of am a jack of all trades behind the scenes. And yeah, I just, I just feel like it's almost the time. It's just been that pink elephant in the room. And yeah. How long have you worked there? Um, so officially since 2018. Um, but I, like, through college, would help them in the restaurant and in the back end of things, but um, more on the marketing side since two thousand eight. And you, when you
1: started,
5: <laughs> um, Am I in an interview You now?
1: worked on their social media and mm-hmm. content strategy, is this mm-hmm. correct? Yeah. Now, I think I understand that when you came in to now, their social media, Footprint has doubled. Is that not true?
5: It's definitely grown a lot. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's
1: important.
2: I can talk
5: metrics, but it'll bore everyone.
2: <laughs> so we need to figure out how to get your bakery to give you a little more dough. Is what we need to do.
5: Yes, so, I agree, Ross. So who 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 would you talk to? Um, I would talk to my boss, which would be Leah. Leia, Leia. Yeah. Do you have Leia's phone number? Yes, I do. You know
1: what? Yeah. Let's call Leah. Okay. I would use our flip phones, but they're gone. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, let's see. Oh, I'm getting word in my head that she's on the phone right now. Is this for real? Leah?
0: Yeah?
1: Hi, uh, Leah, it's Drew calling. And I was just speaking with Victoria and I really hope that this doesn't kind of catch you off guard or put you in an awkward position, but I was so inspired by what Victoria was saying about working at your company and (laughs) we were just looking at the numbers and we were seeing that due to her content strategy and social media um, skills that she's been able to double your social footprint. And she really wants to keep working there and keep the company growing, but financially speaking, she also wants to grow herself. And so we were wondering if you would be open to possibly giving her a raise and compensating her so that she can continue to make your company flourish?
3: Well, first of all, I'd like to say that Victoria is is um, a real gem. She, she's worked with us for a long time. Satepani would not be Satipani without her support and her hard work. So, um, absolutely. I mean, I... I it's an oversight on my part for her to even have to come to you. So it's you know, it's something that I would definitely be open to having a discussion because I do know her worth.
2: <gasps> Leah, that's like the perfect answer.
1: <laughs> come on. She really is a hard worker. Well, thank you, Leia, for being open to being put on the spot. But like this. Um, we're all flying by the seat of our pants, but sometimes yes. it's worth going out there and fighting for one another and right. trying to help people's dreams come true, especially when they're working so hard for them. Mm. Yes, 100%. And I wish you the best on your dreams. You're doing a family-run business in tough times, and I'm sure it hasn't been easy, so I completely um, have empathy for that. And I hope both of you can rise up together. Yes.
2: Oh, I love that. We're gonna come see you. I'm gonna come see you in Harlem, too. I'm gonna try that bakery, okay? Please
1: do, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you you so much, Lea. Thank you.
2: Congrats. Wow.
5: details. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Your cash back really adds up.
1: Welcome back. We have a very special guest and it's a good dad program with a thrifty twist. I want you all to meet Michael Gardner and his 10-year-old daughter, Ava. A few years ago, Michael began his journey to become a seamster and he thrifted old clothes to make new outfits for Ava as a way to bond with her and inspire confidence. Oh, Michael, you're like literally the dad we all wish we had. Um, Michael taught Ava how to sew when she was just five years old and they've been collaborating ever since. You have to watch this.
6: Hey guys, Michael here. And Ava. Today we are at Liberty Ministries thrift store, hoping to pick up some really cool, unique, fun pieces that we're going to mix and match, refashion, and hopefully come up with something really cool and fun.
4: Wish us luck guys, let's go.
6: We are so excited to create new looks from the thrifted pieces that we found. I was lucky enough to find a pair of Levi jeans for myself and I found this really amazing blanket. I got a little sentimental. I'm thinking of my grandmother.
4: And for me, I have this cute denim shirt, which we will upcycle and put new cool details into it. And I have a pink curtains, which I will upcycle and make a new skirt.
6: All right, so we're going to get started sewing these pieces up and putting together a cool daddy-daughter look for you guys.
4: I am so proud of my dad. He has all of these cool and unique ideas. We can't wait for you guys to see what we created. Hope you like it.
1: I love them. Please welcome Michael and Ava Gardner. You did an amazing job with that sweater. (laughs) Thank you. I mean, you are really good at sewing. Thank you. (laughs) And Ava, I'm so happy to meet you. Thank you. Oh Oh, my goodness, I have to just tell you, I really admire you guys. And why did you start doing this? What was the idea and inspiration?
6: Uh, So I always say God turned my pain into power. Um, I grew up without my father, so when I became a dad, I wanted to make sure that, um, you know, she had all the things that I longed for when I was a kid, so sewing just became the tool that I used to bond with her, teach her about love, self-confidence, much of what I struggled with growing up without my father. I mean, she's literally my best friend. (laughs) Um, You know, she's... (laughs) How do
1: you feel about having a dad who says something like that?
4: I love my dad, and I really feel like he understands how much I love him. So for him to say that makes me feel so good.
1: (laughs) And you deserve that. But why sewing? What gave you the idea for sewing?
6: So what's interesting is my grandmom um, actually sewed for my mom and my aunts. When she was raising them, my sister actually grabbed my mom's sewing machine and started sewing. And I just saw it and just was inspired. And then kind of watching Ava's like personality, um, she's kind of sassy and um, fun. So I just felt like maybe she would enjoy modeling. So I grabbed the machine, went thrifting, started making her clothes and I just put the phone up to her and she started posing and here we are seven years later.
1: And Ava, like, what is this like for you? You've got this awesome dad, <laughs> and he has this really fun idea that's really unique and interesting. What did you think? Were you like, I wanna be a model, I wanna make clothes too? Like, what's your side of the story?
4: I really love modeling. I feel like it's a big part of, of me. <laughs> and I never thought about doing it, but when my dad started making clothes for me, I just started to feel confident and to feel loved and to feel inspired to model.
1: (laughs) Well, um, we all uh, love how connected you both are and the amazing clothes that you create together. So when Drew crew member and founder of Harlem Fashion Row, Brandis Daniel heard your story, she had a message for you. Watch this, she's amazing.
2: Hi, Michael and Ava. I love what you two are doing so much and wanna help you continue to succeed. I wanna personally mentor
5: you both, as well as invite you to our next Harlem's Fashion Rose Fashion Summit. There you'll be able to chat with fellow emerging designers and hear from some of the biggest names in fashion. I'd also love to promote you two on our Instagram page. You are both so inspiring and I cannot wait to work with you more.
1: Amazing. Wow. Wait thank until you, so you get with her. She wants to mentor you and introduce you to people. Wow. Thank you. <laughs> um, well, thank you, Michael and Ava Gardner for being who you are.
6: Thank you.
1: Being the epitome of what Good Dad Program really wants to be. And I just really am happy to hang out with you guys today. Thank you so much. Thank, thank you, you for having right. us. Okay, we'll be right
0: back. Wait until you meet At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a car. It's the two-door coupe that was there for your first drive. The hatchback that took you cross-country and back. And the minivan that tackles the weekly carpool. For the cars you couldn't live without, trust Amica Auto Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy.
1: for your family that only takes seven minutes to make. And to prove it to you, we've got a timer set and we're gonna start the minute and I'm gonna say right
3: now. Pilar, what are we making today? Okay, so we all have our go-to easy dinners, right? We have our stir fries, our egg dishes, our sandwiches. Those are great options, but sometimes you wanna zhuzh things up a little bit. So today we are making Steamed mussels in a butter and Dijon mustard sauce. It's like restaurant quality, but only in seven minutes, as you shall see. I love restaurant quality in seven minutes. So, the first thing that we have in the pan over here is some olive oil and butter and that's nice and hot and melted, and you're gonna throw in some chopped garlic and shallots, and that's gonna be the base of your sauce. You're gonna give that a good saute. You want a medium to high heat, because again, seven minutes, here we go. Season that a little salt and pepper. That's a little salt. Salt. Pepper. (laughs) I love that. So that's gonna go, and then you're gonna mix your white wine Dijon mustard. How easy is that? Give that a little good whisk. I love a whisk. Mini whisk at that. And you're gonna pour it into the pan. So what's gonna happen there, as soon as you pour it into the pan, it's gonna infuse with the garlic and shallots and it's gonna stop the cooking so it's not gonna burn. That's gonna come up to a boil, Drew. I would throw the lid on there so it goes faster. And while we're waiting for that to come up to a boil, can you throw actually the bread in the toaster oven I sure can. Now, I love
1: the way people cut bread because it makes a huge difference in the pleasure and interaction of the sandwich. Am I gonna cut it this way, like flat and open? You or can, do you wanna cut it I would in pieces? Keep, you
3: could do that. I'm also like a throw it in the oven and then tear it so it's nice and crusty. Also save some time. I think if you do it on L1, Drew, that's gonna be fine. So my sauce over here is coming up to a boil and I'm gonna throw in those mussels, Drew, okay? Because these are gonna take maybe three to five minutes to cook fully. And you know the <laughs> mussels are steamed when they fully open. So Drew, we're gonna throw in your mussels. I'm ready. And color, cover it. Give that a good shake around. And then pop the cover on. And they're gonna steam for about three to five minutes. So while they're steaming, your bread is toasting and let's chat mussels. Cause I think a lot of home chefs get a little intimidated about using mussels. And I really don't think people should be because they're incredibly simple to use and cook. I can't believe I'm actually
1: seeing you chop herbs. Just I know, so you I'm know. so excited. This is
3: probably like the one dish where I'm like, okay, I'm gonna bring my knife to the party. Pilar and usually
1: her. Uh, tears her herbs by hand and feels very sacred about not damaging thy
3: herb with too much knife work. It's so true. Um, So quick note about the mussels. Really not intimidating, great product to use, great source of protein and nutrients, and they're actually one of the top choices in terms of sustainability and affordability. Mm. So definitely keep that in mind. You wanna make sure right before you use them, you give them a good rinse. And sometimes the mussels will come with a little beard, which is these uh, like tendril-like things, and you're just gonna pull those off really easily. And I feel like for shopping for mussels, the most critical thing, you want them to smell like really fresh and clean, like they were just kissed by the ocean. So just a little bit of saltiness. And if any of the mussel shells are cracked, you definitely wanna discard those. Don't deal with those. Actually, can I get a time check? Cause my mussels are feeling pretty, Open and cooked over here. So every time we say muscles, I think people just need to. I also (laughs) think my muscles are feeling a little flabby, actually. (laughs) So, um, how are your muscles doing over there? Because mine are open. Ooh. I mean mine are open and perfect. And I'm gonna give that probably another 30 seconds. Yeah, me too. Um, until all the muscles are fully open, You don't wanna deal with any of the muscles that remain closed or are cracked. So just discard those. Those would be not, not great to eat. eat. Absolutely. So that was 30 seconds. Drew, do you wanna grab your bread? It all smells very good right now. <laughs> Beautiful. We just need more space. <laughs> <laughs> right here, That's what I'm gonna do. Here, let me move that. Thank you. You're welcome. Yum, 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 And then the final thing to do with these mussels, actually, look at that. Mine are Beauty. perfect, they're perfect. A few more grinds. <laughs> Any salt? No more salt. The mussels will have like an inherent salinity, so they give off this sweetness and saltiness. Inherent salinity. Inherent salinity. Few grinds of black pepper, and then a little bit of the freshly chopped parsley. And you can actually serve straight from the pot like this, or shimmy it into your serving bowl. Look at all that beautiful sauce. Shimmying. Absolutely. Oh my gosh, I have to tell you, I've always wanted to make
1: a dish like this huh? and you just made <laughs> More it all possible.
3: Crusty bread. Cheers! I Cheers. love you. Shall we?
1: Hiya! <laughs> mm, <clears> huh? <throat>
3: So good. Mm. <laughs> you have to serve it with the bread because that sauce is just like, oh my god, so delicious.
1: <laughs> You're amazing.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Thank you so much. Go to the thedrewbarnmarshshow.com for the full recipe. I love this dish, and I love you. Love we'll
3: be you. right
6: back.
0: What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day.
1: Keep it real. I love her so much. She is a comedian, podcast host, New York Times bestselling author. Her newest book, Allie's Well That Ends Well, is out now. Please welcome my dear friend and someone I just love, Allie Wentworth. <laughs> happy to be here. Okay, so I was reading your book and there's just something that I wanted to point out because I just, it really, really spoke to me. It's the dedication. And it says here, if you're reading this book, it's dedicated to you.
4: I love that so much. Thank you. Well, it's a book, it's really a book about, you know, I, I write humor books, but, Uh, I got COVID early on and I was really sick. And it's really how I coped during COVID with my family. And I felt that whoever read this book, as we all went through this global pandemic, there is sort of something for everybody in there. So it's something I felt that we all went through together. So that's why I dedicated it like that. And it's also a global pandemic. So I'm hoping this will be translated into Turkish and Arabic and all the languages. As it should be. As it should be, yeah. Everybody needs to laugh. And you're so funny, you keep us laughing.
1: Um, But let's go into a vision, fly on the wall moment of you um, and your husband, George, mid-COVID. I heard you guys were watching Love
4: Island. Yeah, let me, I'm married to not George Clooney, as everybody thinks. <laughs> George Stephanopoulos, who is a a very smart, brilliant Rhodes scholar. Yeah, like Just clapping for him. award-winning journalist, yes. Yes. political advisor, like, yes, in the eye of the tornado of politics for decades. Yes, but something happened in COVID, I think, to all of us, where you kind of went down to your. Base level, And my two daughters kept running in and saying, guys, you've gotta watch Love Island Australia. And we were like, what? what, what are you talking about? And one of them was like, it's just about people that hook up and then they get voted off an island. I was like, well, I'm in. <laughs> and very shortly, George Stephanopoulos was hooked to Love Island Australia. To the point where he was going, I mean, it was almost like if you've ever seen him on election night, he's calling things like a journalist. So he would say like, Wait a second, so they had sexual intercourse but she's actually smitten with him and we were like, oh I guess if you wanna put it that way. (laughs) And we got so hooked on it that one night we had a Love Island Australia dinner party, the four of us, and we had to wear bathing suits and makeup, yeah. So there's one photo which no one can ever see or George will leave me, but, um, and nor do you want to see me in a bikini during COVID, but I had bikini, heels, full on makeup. We could only speak with an Australian accent. Oh my God, that's so fun! It was so fun and yet so crazy. So you got into themes, talk to me about Mad Men. Did you like binge the whole show? Yes, I did for the second time in my life. So, you're watching yes. Don Draper. Yes, so I'm watching Don Draper, who is an alcoholic philanderer in the show. Yes. And so. And you uh, love him all the more for it. Of course. That so was sick. You want him them. even more. And yeah. I was sick as a dog. I had COVID very early on in March. I had a really high fever. And this was when you quarantined for three weeks. And so, my whole family was downstairs. I was up in this room, like the movie, the room, for three weeks straight. And. I got so loopy that I thought that I was married to Don Draper, and and George, my husband, came in one day with the mask and the gloves and you know, gave me my soup and bread like I was in prison, and I yelled at him, and I was like, if you think, sleep me with one of your secretaries, and he was like, oh my God, you're crazy, you were crazy when I married you, you're crazier now. George was just like, oh. He called our doctor and he was like, is she's delusional, is that part of the thing? And even seeing the picture of him now is like hearkens you right back. It does. I go, that's my ex-husband Drew. I don't want to talk about that. Right, right. Exactly. Now. Uh, <laughs> uh and he Okay. So it is
1: no delusion that you are on a hike with your girlfriends and
4: you came across a bear is in real life, like. In real true life, we went on a hike, we went to these mountains. So you're walking in the woods. Yeah. And you're hiking and you're talking. What happens? Act it out with me. Okay. Uh, uh, so, like, uh, I'm walking, am I, am I casually well, walking not, with my we We're not walking two- like this. Am I? <laughs> we're walking like this. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. And then I'm walking and right. you're the bear. And okay, so we see a bear walking. Now here's the thing. There's a brown bear and a black bear and there's two different ways to react. And I didn't know, I couldn't remember which was which. Do we go and scare the bear or do you do this? And I forgot which was which, so I did both. So I kept going like (laughs) Well, the bear took one look at us and was like, I'm so not interested in you two people and kept kept going. But it is the scariest thing in the world. It's like what I imagine swimming with sharks to actually be this close to an animal in the wild. It's really so terrifying. So I heard you're a clammer. Thank you, yes I am. So that feels safer. Very proud.
1: I love clams, I love clams. Tell me about clamming. Okay.
4: It's so meditative to clam. You, You use a clam fork, a rake and you, you know, you dig and you dig, and then you're rewarded. You find these little gems. And I need a clamming partner, so well, I brought a gift for you. Wait, really? Yes! Oh, <laughs> oh God. Thank you, Danielle. Okay. Oh. And the wait. Okay.
1: Um, so Ali, will yeah. you tell everybody about your book really quickly?
4: Yes, goodbye. Tell them why they should read it. Okay, let's just focus on me. Hi, welcome to Allie Wentworth and the Allie Show. So the great thing about clamming is that you dig into the sand with your hands or your rake and you pull up these little jewels. And um, that's why I love clamming. And I actually need a partner. There we go. By the way, trust the Gordons fishermen. No kidding. i love, not. Thank you for that. Yeah. I love
3: Gordons.
4: <laughs> well, Allie, I yeah. have a. I have a. You and me clamming? This is so well, happening. Well, we're going to have to make My a short clam film. Dance. We're going to do a short film about us clamming. Um, and I have a present for you because the last time we surprised Melissa with a
1: birthday cake. Yeah. And we wanted to feel. Um, we wanted you to feel good and funny enough, on the cover of your book, you're eating none other than the fudgy, the whale cake. So, From Carvel,
4: we... you know cake? A- that cake? Oh, that... Oh,
5: thank you, Kat! Oh my God! Thank you so much! Oh my
4: God. I'm in the right outfit so that I can just motorboat you this cake. You are, why? By the way, how great is this with the crunch?
1: so good. It's so
4: good. I noticed
1: it on the cover of her
4: book and I was like, oh my god, we gave
1: Mariska this cake, so we gotta get one for Ali. And more importantly, I'm so excited to tell everybody yeah? that not only are you guys going home with a copy of Ali's book, but a $50 gift card to Carvel! Ali's Well That
4: Ends Well, oh, my tongue is so twat, twi- see? <laughs> Allie? take it away. Tell everybody about okay, your book. Okay, my book, Ali's Well That Ends Well, is available now wherever books are sold. We'll be right back. That's right.
1: Today, you make this show. You are the visual, the sound, the energy, and all the feels. So thank you for choosing to spend your time with us. We make this show for you, so take it with you.